2: season turned turned
3: time to every
4: purpose
2: well greetings and welcome to there is a season the show about how we change how we age and how we care for one another I'm Bob Wolf Gloria is off today I want to thank you for joining us again today if you've been here before then we very much appreciate you coming back. If this is your first time with us, we'll get set for an hour like no other on the radio. Here is where we deal with the, deal with the good stuff and, and also the difficult stuff, the challenges of everyday living, with a special focus on the various seasons of our lives and how change and, again, you know, aging and so forth affect us and the choices we need to make along the way, not just for ourselves but for our loved ones. We cram a lot into an hour. Most of the time, it's going to focus on several different buckets: health and, and, and wellness is one, financial and legal issues, relationships, residential transitions, things like that. But sometimes we're going to broaden the scope, talk about some other things that are uh, a little bit more to do with society, some commentary on how we're all evolving as a nation, what we value, and so forth. If you'd like to be part of the program, the number is pretty easy: four five seven twelve ninety. That's nine three seven four five seven twelve ninety. You can also write to us at any time at Bob and Gloria. At thereisaseasonshow.com, or if you like mail, just send it to There Is a Season, care of WHIO Radio, 1611 South Main Street, Dayton, Ohio 45402. Please encourage your family and friends around the country and around the world to tune in to WHIO.com, nine o'clock Eastern time, and you can also catch this show on the iHeartRadio app. So last week we got into the topic of entitlements, kind of a third rail term for a lot of people. A lot of people hear that and they kind of have their They're all juiced up about what they want to say about these things. And we did have some great calls last week. Thank you for for everybody who participated. Uh, In that conversation, there were some generalizations made about what's an entitlement and what's not. And I think what many people find easy to label as an entitlement is what we've traditionally called welfare. And before we begin, you know, getting into this conversation any uh, further about this concept of entitlements, I thought it might be in our interest to clarify some things about the U.S. budget. It's easy to hear terms like billions and trillions and throw our hands in the air about the sheer staggering size of this budget here we have for our country, to say nothing of the inevitable yearly growth, or at least the growth in the national debt. But aside from maybe a quick review of major programs or initiatives during the, say, the State of the Union Address, when we're kind of dialed into some of this stuff, do we really keep track of what's what and what this and that costs? If you ask people on the street, how many people could actually tell you the size of the U.S. budget and roughly how it's apportioned? So I'm going to do us all a favor and offer the Dummies guide to the U.S. budget, and this isn't meant as a pejorative for anybody. I'm just going to make this kind of stupid simple as I can. If you'd like to keep track and write these things down on a piece of paper, feel free. So, and, and I'll show you how it ties in with our entitlement conversation in just a moment. In fiscal year 2019, our federal budget is going to be, anybody take a guess? A little over $4.4 trillion. The U.S. government will receive about 3.4 trillion in revenue. That's what they're gonna get from taxes, largely. Uh, That creates a shortfall, an annual deficit of $985 billion, almost a trillion dollars for one year. The spending generally falls into three categories, mandatory spending, discretionary spending, and interest on the national debt, which at this point, I'll just throw this in here, Interest has been fairly low, I mean these numbers all sound huge, but been fairly low because interest rates have been down for many years. That interest is going to accelerate as things heat up and the Federal Reserve begins to move up uh, the, the interest rates. So three big categories, mandatory, discretionary, and national debt. Now again, we get this $3.4 trillion. we pay for you know about 80% of it, most of it through taxes, Um, some of it, uh, you know, that's on income tax. Then we get Social Security, Medicare, and other payroll taxes. We get corporate tax in there, excise taxes and tariffs. We've heard a lot of talk about tariffs lately. We get certain earnings from the Federal Reserve's holdings, you know, a little bit of interest off of that. uh, And estate taxes and other miscellaneous revenue. And that rounds out the whole thing. But, of course, we're short every year about a trillion dollars. Our Tax Freedom Day, which... uh, a lot of us got to quote-unquote enjoy occurs generally in late April now. So where does it all go? Where does $4.4 trillion go? Well, most of it, if you remember those big categories I just talked about, most of this goes for mandated benefits. 62% of the budget for programs like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Interest alone on the national debt, as I mentioned, $363 billion. It's important to keep that number in mind, just don't throw it out there. Um, If the U.S. defaults on loans or on on any of this, uh, then it obviously it affects what people have called the, um, I had a term for it last week, but there's a difference between what the world is willing to finance the United States for and where it starts to get real skittish and need to raise interest rates. So you've got this big $4.4 trillion budget. We bring in about 3.4 trillion and change. We have about a trillion dollar shortfall. Where does the money go? In the mandatory spending category, again, which is about 62% of it, $2.7 trillion, Social Security is by far the biggest expense. It's over a trillion dollars just for that one program. Medicare is next at $625 billion, followed by Medicaid, And it's important to know the the difference between those two. Medicare uh, is essentially health care for our seniors, and Medicaid is for those of lower income. That's about $412 billion. Social Security costs are currently covered 100% by payroll taxes and interest on past payroll taxes that has been invested. But until 2010, there was more coming into this Social Security trust fund than being paid out. Um. The, any surplus that we're going to see there is gonna be depleted, this is what everyone's sounding the alarm by, uh, about, in 2036. Medicare is already underfunded. Medicare taxes don't pay for all the benefits that program costs. And with rising healthcare costs and an aging population, that portion of the budget is most likely to swamp everything else. Medicaid is 100% funded by our general fund. So these are some, some broad numbers. If you're curious about our military, we spend just under uh, $600 billion on the Defense Department proper. That's our traditional Defense Department and our services and so forth. But if you add in things like um, Homeland Security, the State Department, Veterans Affairs, overseas contingency operations, and so forth, it pushes the total closer to $900 billion. So again, we have this budget deficit of 985. billion billion dollars, right? It's a lot. How does this contribute to the debt? Well, everything we don't pay for within a year adds to that national debt, which at this point currently exceeds the value of all goods and services we produce in this country in one year. That all goods and services, the gross domestic product, is about $20 trillion currently. Our debt is approaching $21 trillion. So it just shows how much has been added each year. You can imagine if we tried to live our lives this way, if we tried to live our own uh, you know, households and, and finances this way, how deep we'd be in the hole. But here we are as a country, uh, and a lot of people are, are obviously pretty comfortable with spending this kind of money. Now, just to touch on again briefly the definition of welfare. So people know what's in and what's out. There are very lo- large programs which are traditionally not defined as welfare, and that would be Social Security, Medicare, and unemployment some people will put Medicaid in the entitlement category other people will not put it in there but generally the the core definition of welfare applies to uh, about a dozen programs some of them are things like housing vouchers for rent public housing excess EITC this is cash paid out above taxes owed Pell Grants a lot of people have heard about that for college scholarships child uh, school lunch programs phone support for low-income Americans Food stamps and vouchers—all of those things uh, taken together add up to about uh, three hundred and fifty billion dollars. If you add in the Medicaid uh, back on top of that, then we're pushing close to seven hundred and fifty billion dollars for everything that would be considered some kind of an entitlement. Okay, so that's that's the quick overview, and <clears throat> I bet you haven't heard such a, a simplified overview of where your hard-earned dollars are going, right? If you have any questions, by the way, i can be happy to furnish those notes by email to you. Maybe, maybe you watch CNBC and so none of this is new to you. You're all up on your finances and so forth. But why am I talking about this? Well, if you recall way back during the Obama years and even the Bush, the younger years, we spent boatloads of money on everything. And it gave rise to the Tea Party folks a group much maligned for having some broad sweeping conservative agenda, but that's not really why that group came about. The Tea Party was principally concerned with spending. We had the mortgage crisis bailouts, bank bailouts, massive stimulus packages. That would be stimuli, I guess, right? We had this crazy orgy of spending that has helped drive our national debt over 20 trillion dollars. Now for a while, and it happens periodically, you get these deficit hawks in, in there and they'll, they'll jump up and down and say, this is crazy, this is great this is not sustainable, we just can't do this. We had people like, uh, who was it, Scott Brown, who got elected in Massachusetts and had uh, to uh, Ted Kennedy's old seat, and people were saying, well, this is gonna turn the tide, this'll slow down the Obama administration because they were the, the latest and greatest culprit of, of uh, spending so much money. And then the Great Recession, began to ease, and much of the deficit and budget talk sort of receded with it. And we've been treated ever since to one game of government shutdown, brinksmanship after another, and these massive omnibus spending bills and continuing resolutions to keep the lights on. That's the state of our country. And so we've got these big budgets, these annual deficits, this growing national debt, but... As long as the economy just hums along, wages creep up a little, unemployment, you know, it's in the news, it's so low right now, and, uh, you know, we just get a little something back here from a tax cut, we have a tendency to say, ah, these things will take care of themselves. Things like annual deficits and the national debt and so forth. Yeah, the Tea Party folks, they had their, their, you know, moment, they draw our attention to it, but things are pretty good where I am, so what's not to like? And the question I guess I want to raise today is that um, if you look forward uh, in our country and you see how the demographics are going to change and so forth we talk a lot about these various population demographics Millennials and baby boomers and and the generation X's and Y's and so forth and you can't oversimplify too much of that and attribute just one set of uh, you know personality traits to each group but are we are we generationally going to be competing in some fashion as population continues to age as these 78 million baby boomers roll into retirement uh, many of them who are voters compared to a lot of young people are they going to continue to want the programs that they've become accustomed to to stay where they are are they even thought of as entitlements and this is the question i put to you today at some point somewhere someone's got to get paid as uh i think it was margaret thatcher who had said Socialism's great till you start running out of other people's money. And so how do we feel about that as a nation? It's easy to point the finger at welfare or this or that particular program, but when we think of the term entitlement, what does that mean? Is our country entitled? And as long as we get ours, that's all we're concerned about. And it's something to think about. We talk a lot about change and aging and care and all that kind of thing. How do we care for our country? How do we care for our fellow human being? if everybody is getting their thing from the trough. Let's stop there for just a moment. There's much more to come about on this idea of entitlement, what it means for our country's long-term health, but also where it originates in the national psyche. What do we think we're entitled to as a nation, as individuals? Do we take the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness stuff for granted and simply want more and more on top of that? 457-1290 457-1290 with your thoughts today when we continue. You're listening to There Is A Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
0: It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7
5: WHIO. Who Mary Taylor stands with should tell you a lot. For President, Taylor refused to endorse Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. The co-chairman of the Republican National Committee said Taylor was missing in action during Trump's campaign. Mary Taylor stood with Barack Obama supporting his expansion of Medicaid under Obamacare. And Taylor's stood for bigger government when she voted for a 2 billion dollar tax increase. You just can't trust Mary Taylor.
6: Mike DeWine is the proven conservative for governor. He took on the Obama administration and won, stopping Obama's immigration plan, fighting against Obamacare Mike DeWine endorsed Trump for president. He's fighting in court for the president's travel ban that will keep us safe and cracking down on sanctuary cities. That's why Mike DeWine has been endorsed by the Ohio Republican Party and Ohio Right to Life. Not Mary Taylor. Mike DeWine, the rock-solid conservative you can trust for governor. Paid for by DeWine, Houston for Ohio, Jennifer Best, Treasurer.
7: Mommy's really special. She does a lot for me. She's the best mommy
2: in the whole world. I just love her so much. I can't wait to give her a present.
7: Something from the heart.
4: The gift from the heart is never forgotten. That's why Jane's Free Jewelers goes the extra mile to help you find the perfect Mother's Day gift. So come to our special Mother's Day show on Thursday, May 10th from 4 to 8 p.m. You can save 20% on designers like Roberto Coyne, Marco Piccigo, Mickey Moto, and many more. Come to James Free and save 20% on beautiful designer jewelry during our special Mother's Day show on Thursday, May 10th. Some exclusions apply. Please see store for details. And no other jewelry store in the area has a better selection of certified diamonds than James Free Jewelers. Find the perfect gift for the perfect mom at James Free Jewelers. 3100 Fire Hills Avenue in Kettering. Once you shop for Mom at James Free, you'll never shop anywhere else.
8: Are you sure you know what you're doing with that thing? How hard can it be? Just fire it up, aim, and shoot! Frank! You're blowing the siding right off the house!
9: Ah! Well, that didn't quite go
10: as planned. LG on your siding, black stains on your roof, let the pros at Ohio Power Wash take care of it. Their special low-pressure wash is gentle on your house while still killing and removing fungus, algae, and black stains. 550-OHIO or OhioPowerWash, LLC.com. A Real Patient talks about Mini Dental Implants with Dr. Volk. Uh,
4: My name is John from Springfield, Ohio. After I go in there, the tooth is pulled, the implant is in, the tooth is on, and I'm walking out of there two hours later with a a usable tooth.
10: And the final results?
4: Well, the teeth look great, they feel great, I can eat anything, they're easy to clean. This is the fourth tooth I've had done.
10: If missing teeth are bothering you, call Dr. Volk at 898-8990 or visit tvolk.com to schedule a free consultation. Hothead Burritos is celebrating Cinco de Mayo with $5 Burritos and Bowls from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. today. Tell your friends all Burritos and
7: Bowls will be just 5 bucks each today until 9 p.m. at your Head Burritos. Everyone's financial needs are different. Tune in Saturdays at 3 as author David Gaylor discusses the plays for your game plan for retirement on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Investment advisory services are offered through Precision Capital Management and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.
5: Treasure Trove in the Dayton and Fairfield malls offers retired and popular collectibles, Disney, Hollywood, Barbie, Lego, Coke, NASCAR, Boyds, and many more. Enjoy nostalgia, pop culture, visit Treasure Trove collectibles in the Fairfield Commons mall and our newest location in the Dayton. Satan Mall.
0: Due to increased business, Craftsman Home Improvements is seeking skilled installers to join their team. As one of the top kitchen and bath design build firms in Ohio, Craftsman needs experienced full turnkey contractors for steady year-round work. Sign-on bonus available. Qualified candidates must have tools, truck, trailer, and insurance. Experience with finished carpentry, tile, plumbing, electric, and drywall is required. Current openings are in Kettering and Westchester, and plenty of work is available. Check them out online at CraftsmanHome.com. That's CraftsmanHome.com.
1: For today, some high clouds will linger with us. Temperatures this morning starting in the 50s, eventually to about 75 this afternoon. We'll watch a system passing to our south that may bring a few passing showers in our far southeastern counties. The rest of us expected to stay dry. Tonight, lingering clouds will fall back to the 50s. We're into the mid-70s again tomorrow. We're seeing sunshine in the morning and storms developing later in the day. I'm meteorologist McCall X in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO.
0: It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. Gloria is away today. We're talking again about entitlements. What does that mean? How would you define that? People have different opinions of what that means, and uh, it's easier for people to think of certain things as entitlements, but other things as either owed to me or... Something rightfully mine because I paid into it and so forth. Let's uh, let's welcome our uh, our friend Bernie from Kettering. Welcome to the program, Bernie. What's your thought today?
9: Well, my thought is that uh, with the debt and everything like that, that we may end up having to barter for everything we have. Example: If you go into a if you go into a hospital and you get services, that you may be given a job to do in order to help pay for those services, as opposed to them writing it off because everything that's a debt is is a part of the national debt Mm -hmm. in other words uh i hate to say it but in a way everybody is a little bit responsible
2: yeah and it's uh a lot of people will say well um, you know uh, welfare to work was the model and supposed to be the model for a lot of welfare programs right that was a lot of the thinking in 1996 uh, when clinton and the republican led congress at the time tried to get together and do welfare reform People say we ought to have some work component in there. But I guess the question I'm asking uh, above that uh, or beyond that is, have we got this sense of something nested within our four and a half trillion dollar budget? This this acceptance of what uh, certain experts are calling the major entitlements, this mandatory spending, which goes way, way beyond welfare or a safety net. And it's the big three, you know, Social Security, Medicare and Medicaid. Um, are these things anybody can ever even possibly offer a bartered work system to help pay i mean it's a lot of people say no it doesn't it doesn't make any sense
9: well the thing the thing is uh something i really believe something has to be done or eventually there won't be any system yeah cuz there's just no money to i mean it's, it reminds me of the song 2525 by Zager and Evans where uh, after 10 billion years man has taken everything and has put back nothing, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, it's, and and it's always somebody else's responsibility or some other generation's responsibility to help pay for these things.
9: And I, ju- I just don't see it that way, and for me, you know, if I had to have something done and they said, well, we want you to go out and plant flowers and we'll tell you where to put them, I would say, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it all day.
11: Okay.
2: All right, well, that's a just good, the way I am. That, I know. <laughs> that's, and that's a good start to our conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks, Bernie.
9: Okay, Bob. Thank Take you. care. Uh,
2: you know, Of course, Social Security, uh, created in 1935, radically changed our perception of what the country was about or what it owed us. After 150 years being guided by the Declaration of Independence and its unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the Depression brought about for millions this need for security, a safety net something for their later years. But what would this mean in the decades ahead? And what did it create in terms of our relationship with government? Was Social Security simply a smart financial tool to put something away? Or did it begin to fundamentally shift our focus toward expecting the government to provide something back to us? Did we as a nation so invest in this idea of security, later expanded or socialized through Medicare, that we now feel entitled to be cared for, not through charity, but through the power of taxation and law. And even if these programs were indefinitely fiscally sustainable, which many are not, does this mean we have an entitlement attitude here in America? Does that harm us? We're going to take a look at that when we come back. Plus your calls to four five seven is an entitlement? Are you entitled to something from the government? What would that be? And what about in the future? Are we going to run out of money? Who's going to pay for what? you're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
0: The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather, and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it.
7: It's 930. I'm Jonah Audi with a WHIO news update. Our top story we're following this hour. Investigators combing a property, hoping to find evidence in a missing Miamisburg woman. Now, what they've found so far.
1: A pleasant start to the weekend with a chance for showers nearby. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up.
7: Now, WHIO triple team traffic. So far, it's looking all clear out there this morning. We haven't seen any major traffic accidents out there. Looking at southbound 75 at the Miami-Montgomery County line to US 35. That 12-mile drive taking 12 minutes. And it's our top story, an investigation into a missing Miamisburg woman. Chelsea Coe is continuing with a property being virtually torn apart in times to try and find any sign of Coe. Now, the former police chief and airborne and Cedarville University professor Patrick Oliver is speculating why all of that extensive searching is happening.
5: We've seen investigators using backhoes and jackhammers, digging. They've taken canine units into the woods, and Sky 7 gave us a look at the porch they took apart.
4: Obviously, if you have a bigger piece of property, there's more places to hide a body.
7: That's WHIO's Sean Cudahy reporting investigators not releasing any details about their person of interest in this case. Well, President Trump is saying his new lawyer will have his facts straight soon enough. This after Rudy Giuliani, the president's pick to replace former lawyer Michael Cohen, stated that the president reimbursed Cohen and for paying out an adult film star, Stormy Daniels, for an alleged affair. Giuliani, meanwhile,
2: has put out a statement of his own, writing, there's no campaign violation. The payment was made
7: to resolve a personal and false allegation in order to protect the president's family. That's Fox's John Decker at the White House. Well, a West Carrollton police officer is expected to be okay after shooting himself in the leg at a Franklin firing range.
0: Down here today was a regular qualification day. One of our officers during qualifications had an accidental discharge of his firearm in which he sustained a hit in the leg.
7: Deputy Chief David Westling says the officer is a 10-year veteran of the department. Now let's get a look at that weather forecast. Here's meteorologist McCall Vrydags.
1: It will be a cool but dry start to the day. Temperatures will be climbing out of the 50s, eventually up to about 75 degrees this afternoon. Most will stay dry, but there is a slight chance for a few showers south. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydags on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
7: Well, the latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar shows we won't be seeing those temperatures at 75 for a little while, but certainly a nice day out there. We're all clear it's 57 in troy 58 in springfield and dayton at 933 i'm jonah Audy on am 1290 and news 95.7 whio depend on it
8: if keeping up the beauty of your home lawn and landscape is at the top of your to-do list you're in good company hi this is randy with green velvet sod farms and we are the spring season's biggest fan because for us it means all things outside your window will be waking up and showing off their natural green beauty including your lawn Since 1959, Green Velvet has been your trusted local supplier of Ohio's most beautiful Kentucky bluegrass and turf-type tall fescue sod. You can count on us to provide you with products to keep your landscape healthy and thriving with our top quality grass seeds, fertilizers, weed control products, and much more. But quality products are just the tip of the grass blade here at Green Velvet. We've built our business on relationships with people who trust the knowledge and advice of our team of turf professionals. Visit one of our four Dayton or Columbus locations or online at greenvelvet.com for solutions to your specific lawn care needs. It's easy to be green with
11: Green Velvet. Your local in the grass experts for 59 years and growing. Hi, this is Larry Hanskin. Common question I get when I'm out and about when do you sleep? Well, I don't sleep a lot, but I sleep well. My pillow has been a life changer and, dare I say, a lifesaver for me because I'm able to maintain this crazy schedule because I sleep more efficiently. When I lay down in bed, I fall asleep right away. It's a deep sleep. Wake up feeling refreshed, recuperative sleep, the kind that I need uh, to keep up with the busy lifestyle that I have. Well, you don't have to have a crazy schedule to enjoy the benefits of MyPillow. Everyone can enjoy a great night's sleep, so why not get on board? Go to MyPillow.com, click on the four-pack special, use the promo code WHIO, and you'll get 50% off two MyPillow Premium Pillows and two Go Anywhere Pillows, a better deal than you're going to see in TV, a better deal than in any retail store, or you can call 1-800-320-1481, ask for the four-pack special, make sure you use the promo code WHIO.
5: Who, Mary Taylor? Stands with should tell you a lot. For president, Taylor refused to endorse Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. The co chairman of the Republican National Committee said Taylor was missing in action during Trump's campaign. Mary Taylor stood with Barack Obama, supporting his expansion of Medicaid under Obamacare. And Taylor stood for bigger government when she voted for a $2 billion tax increase. You just can't trust Mary Taylor.
6: Mike DeWine is the proven conservative for governor. He took on the Obama administration and won. Stopping Obama's immigration plan, fighting against Obamacare... Mike DeWine endorsed Trump for president. He's fighting in court for the president's travel ban that will keep us safe and cracking down on sanctuary cities. That's why Mike DeWine has been endorsed by the Ohio Republican Party and Ohio Right to Life. Not Mary Taylor. Mike DeWine, the rock-solid conservative you can trust for governor.
4: Paid for by DeWine, Houston for Ohio, Jennifer Best, Treasurer.
0: This is Clark Howard. If breaking news happens, we break in anytime.
6: W-H-I-L.
0: When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: Good morning and welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. Glory is away today. I'm talking about entitlements here and getting into the subject a little deeper even than we did last week. And uh, we talk about the mandatory spending that goes on in in our government. Are we all of the attitudes somehow or another that we can point out somebody else's entitlement but we can't point out our own? Uh, Do we, do our loved ones uh, benefit from a lot of the things that the government seemingly provides us? Is that our attitude? Is that considered a common good? Are these things that make us a strong nation? What happens when financially You're looking at things and you see a train wreck coming. What are you going to do? I mean, is it still considered an asset to do these things? 457-1290, if you have a thought about that today. I came across an article here um, written by Robert Samuelson. It's called, Would Roosevelt Recognize Today's Social Security? And it's an interesting take on on this whole topic. Um, Would FDR approve of Social Security? It seems like an absurd question, right? After all, Social Security was considered the signature New Deal achievement. It distributes, you know, uh, over a trillion dollars to over, you know, millions and millions of retirees, and people have paid money into this, right? That's the idea. Well, Roosevelt would be proud of this, right? He might say, you know, I had some reservations, but what were those reservations? Because initially, anything that came back from the government as a benefit was, you know, originally called the dole, and it's now known as welfare, Right. But forgotten history clarifies why America's budget problems are so intractable. When Roosevelt proposed Social Security in 1935, he envisioned this contributory pension plan. Workers' payroll taxes, the contributions, would be saved and used to pay their retirement benefits. Initially, before workers had time to pay into the system, there would be temporary subsidies. But Roosevelt rejected Social Security as a pay-as-you-go system, that channeled the taxes of today's workers to pay for today's retirees. That, he believed, would saddle future generations with huge debts or higher taxes as the number of retirees expanded. Discovering that the original draft wasn't a contributory uh, pension, Roosevelt ordered it rewritten and complained uh, to his labor secretary, Francis Perkins, quote, this is the same old dole under another name. It's almost dishonest to build up an accumulated deficit for Congress to meet. But Roosevelt's vision didn't prevail. In the 40s and 50s, Congress gradually switched Social Security to a pay-as-you-go system. Interestingly, it was both liberals and conservatives who pushed for this change. Liberals wanted higher benefits, which, with a few retirees then, existing taxes could support. Conservatives liked the huge surpluses the government would accumulate under the Contributory Plan. Well what's happened, right? Millions of Americans believe falsely that their payroll taxes have been segregated, put over here. I think uh, Al Gore used to call it the Social Security lockbox, right? Remember that phrase now going on almost 20 years ago? And, And people think that their payroll taxes have been segregated to pay for their benefits and that therefore they earn these benefits. To reduce them, to reduce anything, Medicare or Social Security would be taking away a benefit they rightfully earned, right? That's the attitude. We put those payroll contributions there so as to give contributors a legal, moral, and political right to collect their pensions. No damn politician can ever scrap my social security program, said FDR. Well, what we have is a vast welfare program grafted onto the rhetoric and psychology of this contributory pension. The result is an entitlement. Unsurprisingly, people, you know, organizations like AARP with their advertising slogan you've earned a say in social security have continued to foster this, right? With favorable demographics, contradictions were bearable. Early social security beneficiaries received huge windfalls. A one-earner couple with average wages retiring in 65 at 65 in 1960 received lifetime benefits equal to nearly 14 times what they put in even, uh, well, 14 times. That's what they could have expected. But demographics now are unfriendly. In 1960, there were five workers per recipient. Today, there are three, and we're rapidly moving toward two, where every couple is going to be responsible for some retiree. This burden has increased, and it also includes Medicare, which adds to that price. So although new recipients have paid payroll taxes higher and longer than their predecessors, their benefits still exceed taxes paid even assuming that they had been invested. A 2 couple um, would receive lifetime Social Security and benefits far in excess of what they've put in. So th- these are the key questions that you have to ask when, when you look at the model and you say, well, yeah, I understand why it was created. I, I, I sort of get the gist of that. But where are we at this point? Have we become so used to thinking that this, this is all paid for and it's all my money that we're going to take out exactly what we put in and that it is simply just a way of siphoning off our money along the way, is this something the country can sustain? We've got a number of callers who are patiently waiting, so let's get to it here and see what folks have to say about this. Let's start with April from Springfield. Good morning and welcome to the program.
4: Hi, thank you.
2: What's your thought about entitlements? Uh,
4: My thought about the Social Security, there's a couple things. First of all, I, I don't like that it's being called an entitlement. I don't think it was initially set up that way um i i do believe that when lyndon johnson moved it into the general fund i think that's what killed it as it was designed to be and i'd I'd like you to speak to that and how you think it could have been if it had not been moved into the general fund and also how and why we have this ssi benefit that's pulled out of social security why is that not pulled out of medicaid
2: I I probably can't uh, at this point. Thanks for the call. I appreciate that. I don't know that I can comment on the second part of it. This idea of it coming from the general fund is an interesting uh, uh, perspective. A lot of people will think, uh, again, that there's this separate fund, this lockbox. In a sense, what really goes on is that the general fund pays IOUs back to Social Security. Uh, We've basically said, okay, we'll collect all this money and then we'll distribute it back. And of course, None of this would really be an issue if the programs weren't uh, approaching some kind of insolvency or if we weren't running a budget deficit of a trillion dollars a year. So uh, my question about the whole notion of of this sense of entitlement, whether it's called that or not, let's go back for just a minute. Before the 9-11 tragedy, does anybody remember what George W. Bush was working on most of that year? His big thing for most of the year until that terrible day in September was the idea of privatizing some portion of the money that was going into Social Security? 2%, I believe, is the number being bantied about. We have come of age here in a 401k generation where there have been a lot of other vehicles for trying to build our retirement. The pushback that occurred when he was trying to do that was extraordinary, and nobody's really wanted to touch it since. There has been no discussion about uh, whether we would ever you know, try to manipulate or touch Social Security. So. I understand where people come from and say, well, I paid into that, right? And there's this issue of whether or not people are getting out what they should be on a dollar for dollar basis, or whether future generations should be paying for somebody who's currently in retirement, right? If it's not a direct contributory program, that means basically one person's paying for another person. The question I have is what happens when the math doesn't add up? When you make these commitments as a nation to something through the power of law and taxation is built in. Is that an entitlement? If you put your money in a 401k or this person puts their money over here in these mutual funds and so forth, that's your choice, right? And the government usually has some say in how much of that you can do too. But that's your choice. If in the case of the payroll tax, we are being told you must do this and this is going to go over here and regardless then of what you actually draw out of the program, you're going to get it based on some other criteria, is that considered an entitlement? And that's that's really where we are as a, as a nation and we're going in a direction here with Many more millions retiring in uh, in future years that raise the question: Should we be looking at some kind of other structure? Let's try to welcome a different person, Terry here from Dayton. You had a comment.
9: Hey,
4: good morning, Bob. Good morning. I like uh, that's a, a political component to the the whole welfare system and, and the fact that yeah, it was originally designed to be a safety net, and and I think the liberal party parties and politicians, all of them, some degree, have turned it into an entitlement so that people think that, have been told that, if they don't vote for a certain group of politicians, they'll lose it. So it's become that. Uh,
2: and even, well, and cl- yeah, there's, let me just address that. You just made the, the, the remark about lose it and how people kind of play with this as a political football. If somebody came along today and said, uh, listen, um, uh, your finances are are running off the rails, right? You're, you're taking in let's just for round numbers, let's just say you're taking in uh, five thousand dollars a month, but you're spending eight thousand dollars a month, right? Somebody would try to yeah. arrest that situation, and say some behavioral thing needs to change, the spending yeah. needs to change, or you need to put more money away, or so well, we got to come up with a different model. But you say, well, no, wait a minute. I'm entitled to this $8,000, you know, because that's how I'm spending, uh, how I'm spending. That's what I'm used to. I've always found it kind of fascinating, and it may be a generational thing, where people don't want to talk about this as an entitlement, regardless of what we get back from the government. And and I think also the fact that we actually do withholding. We pull the money off our paychecks. It goes over here for a while. And then we're, we're going to give this arbitrary number back to people and say, well, you've earned this much money to come back and we look to the government then to be the one to provide that. That's where the sense of entitlement comes, that somehow we think we're entitled to whatever some arbitrary figure is that somebody puts down uh, on paper. Well, I, and I think so.
4: and we, we now have a group in Washington, or we have for a long time, that spends more than they have all the time. They certainly don't model restraint or budgetary restraint. Uh, it's hard to get that. The other thing I think that hurts this country in the long run I think we're, it makes us weaker as a, as a people uh, when we have so many people on, uh, on government uh, subsidies uh, relying on that. I think inherently it takes away a lot of the uh, independence and uh, strive to be independent and well-off, uh, and I think it hurts us uh, in the long run, too.
2: Yeah, yeah, it, makes
4: s- us appear, it makes us appear weak to the rest of the world, too.
2: Yeah, I I kind of feel like um, this is not to say that as a nation we shouldn't care for oh, the no, less no. well off, but is there a certain debilitating thing going on here that's nurtured quite early on?
9: Yeah, in our generations psyche, now,
2: to say somebody else will take care of this, somebody else that's will right. provide, uh, and right. I've been wondering about this a lot as we do our show and we talk so much here about change in aging and getting older and so forth, where are the the dollars magically going to come from? And people say, well, you can't tax your way out of it, right? A lot of people say, economists will say, you got to grow your way out of it. You have to grow your way out of it. If you try to tax your way out of it, you're going to completely suffocate the economy, right? Um, And and we're talking about current interest rates being where they are to try to finance this trillion dollar shortfall. What happens if they were, you know, say double, they would go up to the Jimmy Carter era, right? What do we do about the cost of money at that point? So if you can't tax your way out of it, if you can't put this onerous burden on younger people tomorrow, how do we fix this? Well, it, got to, it has to start somehow with what we think we're entitled to have come back from the government, uh, whether it's health care, whether it's you know Social Security and so forth. Is there something we can do? For a while there, I think Ryan was talking in the House about trying to create these you know, uh, age barriers, where you said all of those under 55 are, are going to have this kind of a benefit, all those over this are going to have this kind of a benefit in retirement date. Is that the solution? Does somebody need to sit down and say, wait a minute, we can't do this anymore? Good well, call. there are
4: so many people that have planned their retirement and their future for the last 30 or 40 years, depending on the social security component in it. And uh, I mean, we were told 20 years ago when we started planning don't count on Social Security. You know, put, put together your nest egg based on you know, taking care of yourself. Yeah. And uh, I know so, much, so few people have anything saved. Right. In any
2: way. Right. So what's and, and aren't
4: being encouraged to do it?
2: And if they have nothing saved, why is that? What What's the attitude aside from simply enjoying maybe the better things of life, or perhaps having had some employment uh, struggles and so forth? They're at a point now where they they have very little put aside after decades of having a, uh, a much more flexible uh, investment culture, many more vehicles for putting money away. Uh, people like yeah. Dave Ramsey and Clark Howard and all these folks will talk about, you know, personal finance and what we should put away. But if the attitude is, "Hey, somebody else is going to take care of me down the road," yeah, that's that's getting to what I'm talking about.
4: And I, families aren't together like they were in the past, you know, our generations live together. Right. People are pretty much on their own.
2: So yeah, now, and, that's, and that's, that's
4: catching up with us. And too.
2: that yeah, that increases uh, your lifelong costs of, of having yeah. to survive. Appreciate the call, Terry. Thank you. Thank you. We have more after this break. We're going to come back and talk to Charles. We're talking about entitlements today. What would you do? What would you give up? What would you recommend? Do we have an entitlement culture, an entitlement attitude here about some of our biggest programs? Four five seven twelve ninety. When we return after the break, I'll also give you a little bit of a peek of some upcoming programs. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO.
0: Dayton and Springfield station for 24 hour news, weather, and traffic, and our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO.
5: Who Mary Taylor stands with should tell you a lot. For president, Taylor refused to endorse Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. The co chairman of the Republican National Committee said Taylor was missing in action during Trump's campaign. Mary Taylor stood with Barack Obama, supporting his expansion of Medicaid under Obamacare. and Taylor Taylor stood for bigger government when she voted for a $2 billion tax increase. You just can't trust Mary Taylor.
6: Mike DeWine is the proven conservative for governor. He took on the Obama administration and won. Stopping Obama's immigration plan. Fighting against Obamacare. Mike DeWine endorsed Trump for president. He's fighting in court for the president's travel ban that will keep us safe and cracking down on sanctuary cities. That's why Mike DeWine has been endorsed by the Ohio Republican Party and Ohio Right to Life. Not Mary Taylor. Mike DeWine, the rock-solid conservative you can trust for governor.
4: Paid for by DeWine, Houston for Ohio, Jennifer Best, Treasurer.
0: When it comes to catching a big one, luck is on your side at Miami Valley Gaming because on May twenty-six you could win a brand new fishing boat or 20 grand. Now that's a catch. So get ready to catch the excitement and come down to Miami Valley Gaming May twenty-six, and you could reel in a brand new boat or $20,000
1: cash.
10: <laughs> See player services for complete rules must be 21. Gambling problem in Ohio? Call the Gambling Helpline at 1-800-589-9966
1: favorite thing about my mom is she's very selfless. She's our support of our family, kind of the rock.
7: I don't know what I would do without her sometimes, actually. This Mother's Day, tell the women in your life how thankful you are for all they do. And show them the love with gifts from EDC and Gigi's Cupcakes. Unique jewelry starting at $99 plus great deals for that extra special woman. Birthstone jewelry, bracelets, necklaces, and other qualifying purchases receive Gigi's Cupcakes for that perfect day. It's true, if you haven't shopped EDC this Mother's Day, you're not done shopping yet. DayMet Credit Union is already thinking spring,
10: and for you that means saving some dream. If it's time to upgrade your ride, now's the time to spring into action and take advantage of DayMet's awesome auto loan rates with no payments till well into spring. Enjoy a rate as low as 3.19% and no payments for 90 days. Some restrictions apply must qualify for all offers. Stop into the branch near you or visit DayMetCU.com. DayMet Credit Union, partnering with our members to enrich their financial well-being. Finally, a new staffing solution, JP Management Group. JP means just professionals. And with JP Management Group, professionals are exactly what you'll get. JP Management delivers the brightest achievers and best performers, freeing upper management to excel at what they do best. We recruit, conduct background checks and drug tests, and we deliver professional employees that are the perfect fit for you. Boost your company's productivity and reduce heavy turnover, all while saving time and money. Hire just professionals with JP Management Group. For more details, go to jpmanagementgroup.com. Hothead Burritos is celebrating Cinco de Mayo with $5 burritos and bowls from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. today. Tell your friends, all burritos and bowls will be just five bucks each, today until 9 p.m. at your Hothead
7: Burritos. We're here at the train heating and air conditioning testing facility to see how unstoppable their products really are.
9: Inside this climate chamber, it's raining incredibly hard on this train AC unit. Clearly it's hard to stop the train.
8: Now through May 31st, bring home Unstoppable. Choose special financing for 48 months or up to a $1,000 trade-in allowance on a qualifying TRAIN system. Visit traininfo.com for complete program eligibility, dates, details, and restrictions. Subject to credit approval. TRAIN the most reliable heating and cooling brand. I'm Gary from Tip City.
10: A real patient sharing his experience with a mini dental implant from Dr. Volk.
9: It's given me the ability to not be self-conscious about my smile. Uh, The procedure was fantastic. I was in and out in a couple hours. I wish I had done the procedure 10 years ago. Anybody who is looking to receive any sort of implant, I would absolutely 110% recommend Dr. Volk.
10: Don't put up with missing teeth any longer. Call Dr. Volk at 898-8990 or visit tvolk.com to schedule a free consultation.
1: For today, some high clouds will linger with us. Temperatures this morning starting in the 50s, eventually to about 75 this afternoon. We'll watch a system passing to our south that may bring a few passing showers in our far southeastern counties. The rest of us expected to stay dry. Tonight, lingering clouds will fall back to the 50s. We're into the mid-70s again tomorrow. We're seeing sunshine in the morning and storms developing later in the day. I'm meteorologist McCall Vrydeggs in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 957 WHIO.
0: It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
2: Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. We've got one of those powder keg issues again that's just so hard to squeeze into an hour, but i like to at least give you some things to think about. There's so much written on this, uh, not only in current uh, political discourse and uh, commentary, but also some other uh, great books. Uh, one I can recommend is Why I'm a Libertarian, and I don't mean me, but I mean Charles uh, Murray, who wrote the book. And he was talking about what is a common good. What should the government be involved in? And it, you get to this very question: Does the government have certain roles that it's very, very good at doing, and others uh, that maybe it should not be, or never have, should been, uh, never should have been involved in? Well, <clears throat> that's a, quite a sentence there. All right, uh, we're, we're going to get to a call here in just a second. Here, I wanted to give you a little a cue: of What's coming up here in the coming weeks? We're going to be talking about a college now offering less and for a lot less than you'd pay elsewhere. Interesting story there. We're also going to be talking about teens, preteens, and pornography. What is going on here, especially with our younger people and incredible access to uh, harmful media. The Lost Art of Letter Writing is going to be a topic we work back in here. We've done that once before, but it's been several years. And we've got a number of medical topics, dental implants, hearing technology, diabetes, and a lot more. So be sure to tune in uh, in the coming uh, weeks for a lot of that. Now, Charles has been patient here, waiting for us, and he's got some thoughts about entitlements and what can be done. Charles, as yes, my teacher sir. used to say in the old days, let's be pithy and succinct. Tell me what your best ideas are.
3: My idea is eliminate automatic cost of living raises for everybody, period, including Congress and the President and anybody else. Secondly, you're going to cut the budget, everybody's budget, Straight across the board, the federal budget, every department gets a 1% reduction in their budget. This year and for the next five years, they get a reduction 1%, 1%, 1% for five years. And there's a lot of uh, people on, uh, we say, SSI
9: mm-hmm.
3: or in Medicaid, they should be required to be constantly... There's a lot of jobs that you can do even if you're disabled with the computer age that we're in today and, and hospitalization, as far as I'm saying, they should have to pay a little out of their own mm-hmm. pocket. In other words, they go to a doctor after an SSI or whatever, they should pay at least five or $10 for a regular office call and $15 for a specialist. And if they go to urgent care, they should have to pay 25 bucks out of the pocket
9: mm-hmm.
3: instead of everybody getting something for something, nothing. There's no such thing as a free lunch.
2: Okay, Charles, i have to leave it there. I appreciate your ideas. Uh, You know, a lot of this stuff uh, gets... Call
3: your congressman.
2: (laughs) Yeah, call your congressman. That's a good idea. Uh, A lot of these things seem like small ideas and maybe they should be tried. And I guess the thing I want to leave you with is this, this question of what are we willing to do as a nation? What are we going to do to try to solve some of these things long term? Or are we simply going to let somebody else care about it? Let our kids and their kids solve that problem. Think about what may be entitled or not entitled to us. From our government and from our fellow human beings Uh, there's an awful lot to to ponder there as we go ahead here into the next decade i want to appreciate uh, the people here who helped make the show possible there's a lot of them Uh, also i want to thank my dear co-host gloria she'll be back soon and for our great producer javon thanks uh, for all you guys do We'll catch you next week, same time, 9 o'clock Eastern. Catch us at WHIO.com, too. In the meantime, I'm Bob Wolf, and you've been listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 FM, WHIO. Have a blessed week.
0: From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.